Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Washington Wizards have a head coach for the first time in about a month. Uh, they have uh, agreed to hire Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, I, according to Shams, according to Woj, according to everybody, they have agreed to hire Wes Unsell Jr. from the Denver Nuggets. And of course, that name rings a bell in D.C. Uh, it is uh, Saturday at around noon. Recording this thing the day after, uh, you know, the they came to the agreement that was that was pretty late. You know, I guess going into the evening on Friday, and on the Skype line is the person who has, uh, I I would say, the person who who is who is like top three most qualified to have this conversation about a guy named Wes Unseld, Ben Standing. Sure, I'm I'm gonna update my uh, LinkedIn uh, page. Could you actually put a note, like you know how people can like put like you know. Uh, Give somebody a recommendation. Can you say Ben Standig is one of the three people who could best talk about Wes Unsell Jr. in a niche Wizards podcast? Yeah. <laughs> you should have that lead your resume, and you'll be good. I, yeah. It's, you know, I, I, I think I had a pretty good idea this was how it was going to end up, especially as the week started to go on. Really seemed like they were slanting towards Wes Jr. Uh, they brought him in on Thursday. He met with a lot of people on Thursday. That was the in-person interview. That was after he had Zoomed with kind of the heads of states of the Wizards. Uh, I guess it was must have been the previous week. And, uh, you know, they bring him They bring him in on Thursday. He he meets a bunch of people on Thursday. He meets more people Friday. And, and you know, when you start to hear that he's meeting, like, minority owners, like, okay, this is it. I think they're really excited. First of all, I mean, look, it, it, his name is inextricable from his father's for every obvious reason. And, and I think there's no question that an organization that likes to hire local people, that's a plus for bringing him in. But there's also no question that he put in the time. I mean, people, I think the average person doesn't realize how many, how long 16 years is to be an assistant. There are a lot of people who are assistants for their entire careers, but 16 years is a long time to be an assistant coach before you end up making it as as a head coach and and that's what followed uh, wh- what was it 7 years 8 years 7 years as an advanced scout so he's he's put in the time he's been an assistant with the wizards an advanced scout with the wizards he's been an assistant with golden state for a year an assistant with the magic for 3 years he's been an assistant in denver since 2015 and we're going to talk about Wes Unsell Jr. Ben what are your initial reactions to this well, first off, um, my first reaction was congrats to people like Fred Katz who can stop chasing down this and wondering, you know, when, when, when there's a thing like this out there, you spend your whole time, you know, is, is, every time there's a text, is this a, is this a text saying the deal? It's some they, they've made a pick. Do I have to keep watching Twitter? At least now you can relax. Hmm. There will be things like I'll, t- who these I'll, t- I'll tell you what, like 
it is incredible trying to figure out because on on Thursday, Shams and I co-reported. We were hearing, you know, the same stuff, and and we co-reported that you know Wes had had emerged as the leader for the job, and and the conversation of okay, how do we phrase this so that it's appropriate? Because at the time, we didn't know he was definitely getting it, but we knew with the information that we had that he had. You know, as we decided to phrase it, emerges as a leader and just the conversations of like, okay, how do we phrase this so that it is absolutely 100 percent accurate? Like, are we going to and we ran through like a million (laughs) options before we got to emerge as the leader. We're like closing in on. No, they're not closing in. That's they're not there yet. I think it's going to happen, but they're, they're not closing in on it yet. How do we go about this? So so just those conversations are exhausting. So, yes, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, so so that so that much is good. Um, and then the rest of it, I mean, you know, I I think we you and I talked about this a little bit offline uh, yesterday. Like, it does feel fairly similar to how I felt when they made the call for Tommy Shepard, which was they spent a lot of time on that and ended up with the guy that who was in the building all along. The call was coming from inside the house. You know what I mean? And, and Tommy Shepard had put in all the work. He had obviously had been here for years, and you could make the case. We won't get into that of whether you should have just started over, but whatever. Point is, he would put in the work. He had done the time. And, you know, I think I, I, I didn't mind the hire specifically of that human being um, based on everything I knew at that point. And I kind of feel the same way here. I mean, Wes Unsell Jr. has been an assistant. He's done, you know, if, if you're being an assistant is obviously it's a it's a fun job relative to what a lot of people do in life. But in, it's, a, it's a grind. You were doing all the grunt work, a lot of the grunt work. You're not getting you know, almost um, any of that sort of o- overt uh, credit. It's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. And it's all about will one day, you know, probably you want to strive to be a coach. He obviously put in that time for different spots. Denver most recently gets credit for helping their defense. But on the other hand, yes, he, and yes, he did spend part of his coaching career in Washington. But also there is the name part, and it does feel to some degree like, the guy down the hall, like Wes Unsell Jr. feels like somebody. Yes, it made sense. He would be a candidate just because of these other things. But again, it, I'm not saying he remotely got this job because of the name. That would be in, that would be more insane. But, um, you know, he he was here. He has the name. And simultaneously, he's he's put in the work. And, you know, like I always say with these assistant things, you never know how an assistant's going to do in the main seat until they actually have the job. So we'll have to see how how it unfolds there's a lot to deal with here you know bradley beal russell westbrook etc um but yeah it's done I, I think people probably should feel pretty good about it and there is the nostalgia component on top of the fact of a guy who seems like he's done um you know a, a lot of good things over his career to put himself in this position yeah so what i think is interesting is he gets a lot of credit and and from what i gather i mean deservingly so Gets a lot of credit for the Nuggets defense. They finished 11th in points allowed per possession last year. And if you look at their roster, I mean, I think he does. The Nuggets did a very good job maximizing their defensive personnel last year. Michael Porter Jr. went from like absolutely awful and unplayable to he got exploited some in the in the postseason, especially during that Sun series. The Suns really attacked him a lot, and that ended up being a problem. But during the regular season, it was like, wow, Michael Porter Jr. is really getting better defensively. He's looking a lot more comfortable. He's rotating better. And even during that Sun series, it it wasn't what it was during the playoffs a couple of, you know, last year in the bubble and all that. I mean, it he he got better and and they used him right. And he has tools where he should be good defensively, but he just doesn't know where to be, right? So he gets better. Jokic is is kind of the opposite where Jokic is a, is a pretty smart defender uh but you know just doesn't have all the physical tools 
and he has this reputation because he doesn't have some of the physical tools. You know, he's not a shot blocker, that kind of stuff. He has a reputation of of being a bad defender, but he's actually not. He's not a bad defender. Like he's pretty handsy when he guards the back ends of pick and rolls, and and they've they've switched around different ways that they've used him as a defender schematically. Uh, you know, they send him up to the level of the screen now, and and you know, one of the things I think is really interesting with West Junior, and I I don't know. I've had so many conversations about him in the last week. I, I don't know. I don't remember if I actually said this on the podcast or not. So listeners, please forgive me if I have. But I, I did write last week that one of the, the things that I think is really interesting about him is he will meet with players and he'll actually ask them, OK, how are you most comfortable? You know, Jokic, how are you the most comfortable guarding the back end of a pick and roll? Do you like playing in a drop? Do you like coming up to the level of the screen? Okay, Jamal Murray, how are you most comfortable guarding the front end of a pick and roll? Do you like to fight through the screen? Do you like to trap? What is the most comfortable for you? And he'll kind of diagram them all out. And then he'll design schemes that maximize the comfort levels of all of those players. And that's a really interesting way to do it. Uh, It's extremely difficult to be able to do that because you basically have to just kind of you know, you have to be remarkably flexible and you have to really have an incredible understanding of the X's nose to be able to 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 scheme that way and scheme in so many different ways, depending on how your guys are the most comfortable. And obviously, you're not going to be able to get everybody doing what they want. But I have to imagine and this is just me talking, I, I have to imagine that if you know that your coach is trying to put you in that position, then you're going to be a lot more likely when he to to execute when he comes up to you and says, Hey, I know you say that you think you're the best trapping, but here's why you're going to have to fight through screens. Or I know you say that you think you're the best in a drop, but you're going to have to come up higher. Like it's I think it's a really interesting way to do it. I think it's a good way to earn trust. And I've talked on this podcast before about getting buy in. Part of the reason that Denver's Denver's defense got a lot better in the you know later in the year. Part of the reason why that defense got better is that they had really good buy-in on that team. And that credit goes around to a lot of different people on that on that coaching staff. You know, I think Michael Malone is a very good coach. Uh, but you know, I think I think you ask people in Denver, and I have, you ask people in Denver and and they they rave about um, you know, what how Wes Unseld deserves credit for that as well. Um well good. Um, you know, look, um it's you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like because at least I don't know what other people think, but like because there were no expectations of like getting a Mike D'Antoni, and it's been pretty apparent that over the last couple weeks that you know they've been looking at assistant coaches, you know, and I know there was like some people were getting excited about I don't know Sam Cassell and some others, but like you know for me there wasn't like one name that was standing out this entire time where I thought well that has to be the person, thus anything less would be you know something of a disappointment. Um, and, you, you know, so like the fact that they ended up here feels like a reasonable landing spot. Again, the whole West, the whole West Huntsville part's a little bit odd, but, you know, it, it seems like a reasonable spot. You just laid out more of the reasons why. And, you know, look, I'm personally, you know, this isn't breaking news to anybody that's listened here. You know, I'm personally excited to see what happens in a post Scott Brooks um, world. You know, d- how does a new coach deal with, you know, starting with those two star players? Um, you know, that's going to go a long way beyond, you know, will Bradley Beal, you know, seek a trade. And obviously there's, you know, Bradley Beal, Olympic news, um, you know, in the last few days, which isn't um, 
ironically, assuming he's okay physically, actually may not be the worst thing for the Wizards. Sucks for him that he's not going to be on the team, but, you know, he's going to rest. Um, but, yeah, all that said, um, you know, uh, we'll have to see how he deals with that. And I think ultimately, like, you know, we, you can break down X's and O's and what style play. But I think a lot of it in the NBA these days really comes down to relationships, right? Like, how do you how do you connect with these with these star players in particular? How do you get them? To how do you connect to them as people, and how do you get to buy? How do you get them to buy into what you want to do? Um, you know, I think that was one of the Phil Jackson underrated, maybe not underrated, but parts of his craft that I, you know, th- that I think was was key to what happened with the Bulls and the Lakers. And uh, you know, I, I think how he goes about his business, and I, you know, for me, as long as he's gives you know gives a little more pushback to be be on Westbrook or whatever happens, I think that's important. And beyond that, I think you know it kind of starts for me kind of with that. Like how is he going to connect with these guys? And you know it sounds like what you're saying is is already a sense that you know that should be a that should be a, a positive uh part of his uh of his game. Yeah, and I know a big part of his interviews was that he I think I know he really impressed them with X's no stuff in his interviews. Apparently like his rep is that he's a really, really prepared guy. Like he's a he's a big time preparer, and uh, I know during interviews he he showed up with specific ways. I don't know what the ways are, but I do know he showed up with specific ways of here's how you guys could use Bradley Beal in a different way. Uh, here is how you guys could use Denny Avdia in a different way. Uh, and I, I also know that the Wizards were very impressed with that. Obviously, they hired him. Uh, but I think that specifically was part of the job interview that really, really impressed them. Uh, and yeah, I mean, look, we'll see how this thing goes. Every single coach who gets hired, for the most part, comes with rave reviews, right? That's why they get hired. Uh, anyone who has not been, for the most part, everyone, anyone who has not been a head coach and becomes a head coach for the first time has worked their way up and probably been very good over the years and, and will come with, you know, was probably a great assistant because you don't become a head coach by becoming an okay assistant. You know, there was, there's very rarely bad intel on someone who, just got hired. And also you're talking to people who know that person, presumably people like that person. That's how they got to a higher position. That's how they got a head coach. So, or that's how they got a head coach job. So it's very rare that you end up hearing bad intel on a guy. Uh, so we don't, we don't know how this is going to go. Uh, and as we have said, as we, I feel like our podcast, like when it was it three weeks ago, I feel like we did a 40 minute podcast where we just legitimately said the whole time, <laughs> Uh, you don't know if an assistant coach is going to be good or bad, but I, I think finding out the ways that uh, these guys actually coach, what their personalities are, what their demeanors are, all that, I, I think it's interesting. I think it's important. And, um, you know, we'll see I, how I he actually does. Think the, I actually think the staff um, that, a, that a coach puts together is it can be a good example or a good, a good sense of what's going to happen. Both for in terms of like what's that coach looking for, but also from an organizational perspective. Like, you know, if part look, I mean, no disrespect to anybody, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I think from the like for Scott Brooks's coaching staff, like I don't think this was viewed as like one of the better ones from the person, at least from the standpoint of like there wasn't a lot of uh, money put into it. Like, look, none of these coaches, as far as we know, were, I, maybe you can tell me wrong, were even interviewed for this job, let alone 
other jobs when it, at a point when it feels like assistant coaches all over the place are getting um, are, are, are getting are getting looks. Um, you know, how much money are they going to in, in, invest? Wes Unsell Jr. has uh, right. He's never been a full time head coach. Um, you know, uh you know, do they possibly bring, you know, the, the, the way like Scott Brooks went in for Chauncey Billups? Probably not, but I'm just, or at least it's not as necessary because Wes Unseld has been an assistant for a while. But do you have somebody like that? Or do you actually bring in, you know, there's some assistants we see go from team to team sometimes. Like, and you're like, oh, that person is considered to be a defensive ace or an offensive, whatever the thing may be. Like, who are the people that they bring in? Or even if they're not named people, like the, you know, some bigger names, like, you know, do what, who who are the what's the composition of the group? Are there are there just people who exist to help fill out a staff, or are they people that look like real impressive hires built to help do the things that you want to do? I, I think that can go a long way as well towards. And and again, we don't I mean, maybe you do. I don't I I don't know this minute like to what degree does he have say over his the hires and things like that. But I, I think that can start to fill in some blanks as to his vision, but also um, you know what the organization is sort of willing to do to from the coaching perspective to push this thing you know up a notch yeah for sure he's got to fill out a staff i mean i i think there are certain assistants uh my guess this is just a guess i'm not reporting this will happen at all this is a guess (laughs) my my guess is he'll 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 probably have some people from denver he'll try to bring over i mean that that just that tends to happen i'm sure he'll have people who he's worked with in other locations whether it's in denver maybe it was in orlando uh, you know, maybe it was in Golden State that he might want to bring over. I mean, the other thing is, which I think is interesting if he gives an opportunity for any of the incumbent assistants, is there's a lot of familiarity with him with the organization already. And, you know, people associate that they're just hiring, you know, maybe some people see it and they're like, <laughs> they're hiring Wes Unseld junior and they see the name Wes Unseld and that's the familiarity with the organization but there's also the fact that he worked for the Wizards from 1997 to 2011 you know 2011 was 10 years ago there are obviously a lot of people who were there in 2011 and aren't right now but there are a lot of people who are still there there are a lot of Wizards people who are still there you know um Tommy Shepard was there when Wes when Wes was uh you know an assistant coach Tommy Shepard's been with the Wizards for a really long time, and he was he was there when Wes was an assistant coach. He came, I mean, Tommy came in the early 2000s. I forget what year, 02, 03, something like that, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Brett Greenberg, who's now the Wizards' assistant co- uh, assistant general manager, he was a he was like an intern with them or something like that. In, in when when Wes Jr. was there, or maybe he was a a, a low level video guy. I, I, forget his exact what his exact position would have been but but he overlapped with them uh you know there are there are people who are there and and the reason why that's important is because Wes will be able to get good and trustworthy intel from people he already knows and people who you know people who he knows how those guys look at the game he already has established relationships with those people and there are so many non-basketball people who are still with the Wizards and have been there forever, you know, that he's going to be able to to talk to those people. I think it's just going to be like a it's going to be a more seamless transition, at least in terms of of talking about, you know, who you want to bring in, who you want on your staff, all that kinds of stuff, as, as opposed to someone who maybe 
comes in with absolutely no familiarity familiarity with the organization. Uh, it's just it's a little bit of a different transition. It's not like you're hiring someone who was already there, but it is like you're hiring someone who used to be there. Um. Yeah. No. For um. For sure. And you know, just to broaden it out, I mean, you know, the, the they're already having the NBA draft workouts. You've obviously been talking about uh, the various draft prospects on the podcast. You're writing about it. Um. So that's already happening. Free agency is going to happen here soon enough. That I mean we're talking ahead of game five of the finals. This could be over in a couple of days. And, um, you know, at that moment, the offseason really kicks in. So they got a lot to do. They got to get going. Um, and, you know, so between hiring staff and discussing what, what, you know, how we're trying to fill out the roster, how do you deal with Beal, Westbrook, whatever, the, whatever else you, you need on the roster. So there's still there's a lot to do. They don't have a, a, a lot of time before they have to make some big decisions. So. They got to get going, and um, you know, I think from that perspective, you know, like I said, uh, whatever I don't know, whatever anybody thinks about this, it's 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 exciting in the moment of like there's there's an unknown factor here. We we, we now have we know more things. We know who the coaches, but there's still an unknown of what's going to happen next. How are they going to fill in? By the way, just even from like the Tommy Shepard perspective, right? Like he inherited Scott Brooks. Now, he, uh, granted, he was there to help make the hire, but he inherited Scott Brooks. And like, I would imagine without knowing every exact detail of that relationship, you know, if Scott Brooks had more power than a guy like Tommy Shepard did in advance, it's hard. That dynamic doesn't always change easily, but now we'll see. Now does Tommy Shepard, who's who is the boss hiring this person, essentially. I mean, I'm sure Ted Leonsis had some factor in here, but regardless, like it's the executive thing. Now, now do we see more of an imprint from him on the situation than perhaps we even did before? So, I mean, I think from that perspective, it's interesting whether it all works, look, obviously, you know, everybody here, it's a, it's a hashtag. So wizards, we, we, we know the last, uh, umpteen years that that's why it was all a big laugh for all of us. that JaVale McGee is on the Olympic team now. Cause anybody who's watching JaVale McGee here is like, you gotta be kidding me. That's even conceivable. Cause that's how it's been here for the last 40 years. But there's always hope for tomorrow, Fred. I'm an optimist. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. And we'll see what they do with assistants. There are, there are a lot of good assistants out there because there were so many coaching changes this year. And, uh, you know, the sports world is one of the only worlds where people say, which I should say, people don't say I got fired. They say we got fired. Uh, and so there are a lot of assistant coaching staffs that are that are that are out there looking for work. And there there are some there are some well-respected assistants. I mean, Indiana let go of its staff. Uh, Portland let go of its staff. New Orleans let go of its staff. So. I mean, you know, other ones, too. So so you have a lot of experienced assistants out there where where maybe you bring in someone who was on one of those staffs. Maybe you bring in, like you said, a, a former head coach who can kind of help help guide guide you through stuff. And, and you know, Unseld is an experienced assistant, but still like a lot of first time head coaches will tell you it's nice to have a former head coach on your staff who can just help you along with the day to day stuff because they've just. It's it's it's, you know, like just putting one foot in front of the uh, the other for them because they've done it before. It's 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 easy uh, for them and they just need to be led through all those first time things. And that's, you know, it makes perfect sense to me. So we'll see how they go with that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Any final reactions before we wrap this up? Um, no. I mean, like I said, I'm happy for you and, and, your, uh, and, and your brethren on the beat. You don't have to worry about this. There's a lot of other things in play um, that, that you'll have to deal with. At least the big the big uh, matzo ball is off the is off the shelf. That doesn't make any the sense. Big matzo ball is off. off. I would say that that's not an expression, but I think it now is an expression. I, <laughs> the big matzo ball yeah. is off the shelf. My God, <laughs> Rabbi yeah, Standig. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So. Uh, you know, you can move forward now and, uh, and uh, you know, go from there. Oh, that's tremendous. By, by the way, I mean, the reason why I said you're one of the three most qualified people. I mean, who, who are the other two? I mean, I guess I'm putting DA over you. Sorry. Um, and we'll throw, uh, I guess, like, I guess, like, uh, like, a, like David Dupree, who, who covered West Senior. With the post and is a legend. Yeah, I mean, like I could even go like, like there. Yeah, I might have to knock you I out of the top like, three. Well, look, I mean, I could add like Buck Hans, right? I mean, Buck Hans was, uh, you know, he grew up here like I did. He was also a sports. I don't know if he wasn't. I don't think he was an anchor in town when Wes was playing, but knows that. And then he's obviously was here all the way through. So I'm sure he knew Wes Jr. when he was here. So you know, but but Buck Hans. We might be that. knocking you out of the top three. But anyway, I I, I actually no, do no, want to ask you no, before no. we it's wrap. Already, yeah, I've already updated my LinkedIn page. You cannot. <laughs> Yeah, the big matzo ball has reached LinkedIn. Uh, I am. I. How how do you think? I mean, because you you're from the area. I mean, you're not a fan anymore. You're a reporter, and you know some people don't believe you when you say the fan stuff goes away when you're a reporter. But it like it it really does. It's it's really hard to continue to be a fan once the sausage like once you see how the sausage is made, you know. Once you start to get you start seeing players like as people and never as players and you start seeing you know front office people as people and and just it it warps the way you look at the game and you stop with the rooting interest and um i i never get starstruck by anybody who i cover because you just you know them as people and and you don't get starstruck by people but the the few times i i get starstruck in this job are when I'm around people who I watched growing up and I'm like, cause that, that kid in you still comes out, you know? So like when I've stood next to Patrick Ewing, like I'm from New York city when I, I grew up in the nineties in New York, you know, when I, when I, I've stood next to Patrick Ewing, I still, every time I think, Oh crap, that's Patrick Ewing. When I, when I see Clyde Frazier in the media room, when the wizards play the Knicks, I'm like, that is Walt Clyde Frazier. That is wild. I wasn't even a Knicks fan growing up. Uh, but but those guys who you rooted for as a kid, like it's when you were that into sports as a kid, it's just that that little feeling, that definitely doesn't go away. So I'm going to ask you to you to access that feeling. And I know Wes, Wes Sr. was before your time, but you did grow up in the area. 
you do have ties. And I'm just like, I'm wondering how it hits you that Wes Unsell Jr. is the coach of the Washington Wizards. Um, You know, th- this is where like my uh, blase mindset sort of takes over. Like, let's not forget, like, I'm a, somebody who grew up a Georgetown fan and covered the team with John Thompson the third as the coach, right? So, like, I've already gone through this. Who, ironically, is also part of the of the the Wizards now. Um, so I've already gone through it on 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 that front. Like, I'm old enough now. Like the other day at the baseball All Star game, Ken Jr. looked like a middle aged man. I was like, oh my lord, how did this happen? Right? Like, I've already gone through the cycles of the kid has grown up to become an adult. So I'm old, and therefore, for it doesn't necessarily ring that bell and also i guess like we said this i don't want to be disrespectful to wes unsell jr but this feels slightly like the playbook that we would have imagined that this is where ted leontis would land um again I'm not saying he's not qualified for the job i'm just saying like it feels like well of course it's it's not like a massive surprise in that front um so you know look it's interesting it's nostalgic uh, you know i think this is also one of the one of the things that sort of suffers with this franchise is it doesn't have the same – I mean, yes, I'm not saying for everybody, but it doesn't have the same emotional connections all the way down the line that it does for some other teams in town because they've been miserable for the last several years. I was joking with somebody yesterday talking about the Washington football team name and you know what's it going to be and how they're still, there's a large section of the fan base who's still upset this is happening. And I was thinking, you know, if they, if they came out and said they were going to change the name to the Wizards – could you imagine anybody saying, oh, I'm never going to – I'm always going to call them the Wizards. Screw you. Nobody is thinking that, right? Because it, it, that, that's my point is like this. The, the connection with this team feels different. Wes Unseld was 100 years ago. But at the same point, it is nostalgia. It is what it is. He is arguably the best player in franchise history. So it's definitely fascinating, but I'm probably just jaded and all that stuff. So It's a – yeah. I, I – I, I wonder how it hits. I really don't know the answer. I haven't really had a chance to ask anybody. I wonder how it hits like younger fans who didn't get to see West Senior, know how West Senior played, but he was he was a great great player and a really interesting guy. I wrote I wrote a feature about him when he passed last year. Came out of the next day, and uh, he was really he was very beloved. He was a very loved guy. He was he was a really interesting guy. Really smart. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously wore every single hat in that organization you could possibly wear. I mean, he is the only MVP in wizard slash bullets history. He was, you know, led them to a title. He won finals MVP in 1978. It's their only title in history. He was their GM. He was their coach. He was, you know, incredibly close with Abe Poland. He was, uh, you know, he, he, he is the most notable person in franchise history. So I, I just, I, I know I'm playing into it. I realize that, but it, it is cool to see Wes Unsell Jr. as the coach of the Wizards. I do think that's a cool thing, even if, you know, that's that's obviously part of this. You know, Ted Leonsis has even spoken openly about how he likes to hire local people. He likes to hire, hire people with ties to the community, and that's something you see in hires across the organization consistently. Um, but... We're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, ben, anything to plug before we finish? Uh, standard room only podcast. Uh, the training camp starts the 27th, 26th, 27th, something like that. I'll be there the 26th. So um, re- starting to ramp up for that. Uh, 
getting going on the on the writing about it on the athletic. Uh, so check those things out. Be square or be a bagel matzo ball on the shelf. And you can also check out my story from last night about the Wizards hiring uh, Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, if you want to read my story, you want to read Ben's stories, you can go to theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark and you can subscribe there uh, for three ninety nine a month. And that doesn't just get you my and Ben's stories. It will get you my and Ben's stories, but it also is going to get you a full subscription to The Athletic. It's going to get you everything, all your NBA coverage, MLB coverage, NFL coverage, everything else. Theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, only three ninety nine a month. That's it. That's all. And it gets you everything on The Athletic. And our, our coverage is amazing. The people I work with are amazing. It is very worth it. Theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. Again, $3.99 a month. Tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Head on to iTunes and leave a review. Give us five stars wherever you can give us five stars. The written reviews are always super helpful. Uh, you know, this is the emergency podcast. I always say I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know if you're listening to this. You might be listening to this on a Sunday. I, I don't know how quickly this is going to come out. But whenever it is, I will talk to you guys uh, soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.